Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the April leadership meeting. Uh, we're trying a little bit different format this time. Uh, we are working through this on a webinar format. And what we will do is if people want to add something eventually, we can make you into a panelist. And so that way we don't have to worry about 25 screens being up on uh, everybody's piece here. So uh, we'll be having just the, the, the talking folks, if you will, uh, will be up on our screen. So this is fantastic. We're so excited. It is Holy Week, specifically this Good Friday. It's going to be a huge uh, point today, um, but it won't be what you typically think of when, you, when, you, when we talk about Good Friday and we talk about the crucifixion. We're going to talk about some of the prophecy behind it, some of the why behind it, um, and then the what uh, and then some of the next steps, not just for us as leaders, but also for our group members. I am thrilled to be here today. Uh, of course, I'm joined by my inordinately beautiful wife, Christina. Hi, honey. Hi, sweetie. Thank you. It's so good to see so many familiar names. I know it's a little bit different not having your cameras up, but we do have the chat open, and I'd love to have everybody just sign in on that. Um, just let us know who's here. Uh, so people can see, because you might not be privy to what we can see as to who's attending, but um, just who's here and where you are um, joining us in from. So Mark and Jill, welcome. It's good to have you. I uh, love to see you. You're the first ones that popped, popped up on my screen. And we have Shannon from Texas. Welcome. And Paul from Philadelphia and Jason from Fort Wayne. Welcome. And Rob from Ohio. You want to take over some of these, Lamar? Can you see some? Yeah, beautiful. We've got folks burning in from Montana. Todd, good to, good to hear from you. Good to see you. Um, we'll have to get some more dinner here pretty soon, Todd. That's fantastic. Yeah. Micah, oh, man, good. Southern Colorado, fantastic. So, And, of course, we have our first international, James, coming in from Canada, Manitoba. So awesome, mm -hmm. folks. So cool. I, I guess we can we can really qualify some of these other areas as foreign countries. Um, Ohio's not a foreign country, sweetie. It's not? Okay, I get confused sometimes. So let's open up in a word of prayer and we'll get this thing going. So Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the, these moments that folks get to set aside um, and, and join us here. And Lord, it's such a blessing to us to, to join with these leaders uh, across the world, really, um, to, to talk more about you and where you're invading our lives and then to admit to one another and to confess to one another where we just need that much more of you, Lord. Uh, so, God, on our sanctification journeys, as we get closer um, to you, we recognize just how much bigger you are than we ever could imagine. And we also recognize just how big that chasm is between us. And so, Lord, the, the, the cross, as it grows exponentially in our walk, um, we, we just appreciate it so much more. And so, Lord, we focus on the cross today. Uh, we focus on not just the act of the cross, but everything leading up to it and then what we do in response to it on the other side, not only as leaders, but also as folks that are either in recovery ourselves or folks that have been hurt by uh, folks through sexual sin, sexual stronghold. So God, we, we consecrate this time to you. We give it over to you. Uh, Lord, we, we take today uh, for what it was on Good Friday and we point to Sunday morning. We, we point to Resurrection Sunday. It's in your holy name we pray, amen. Amen, sweetie, that was beautiful. And I'm so excited to see uh, people joining us on Good Friday. Some people might still be at work. Some people might have the day off, which just makes it that much more special that you're joining us here today. And to be honest, just like every Friday that we meet as leaders, we're going to have a little bit of church because we can't do this without Jesus. 
and especially being Good Friday. Um, this is church for, for us because we're not going to be able to make it to church. We're going to be traveling and on the road right after work. And so this is our church and we are just thrilled to be here. Uh, Lamar was very kind. Uh, you'll notice it's a little bit different of a format. You might be trying to get your camera on and you're not able to relax. I, it was my mistake. I set it up as a webinar instead of a meeting, but we're going to try it and see how it goes. But we still want you to be able to participate. And later, Lamar is going to be asking a question about, um, we are going to invite some people to share about some difficult cases, some people that may be in your group that have really struggled, that just really having a hard time uh, either finding sobriety or being able to, if, if they're a woman, being able to forgive, um, what that looked like. And just paint us a quick picture, like a 60 second picture. And if you're willing to do that, I would love for you to reach out to me in the Q&A and just say, yes, I'm okay having my, um, my uh, uh, screen popped up and, and video access and, and we will make you a co-panelist when we get to that time and have you pop up on the screen and share. And we'll grab a couple of people if we have some willing participants. So just get that um, turning in your brain. Just think of just a, a quick example of someone that just really struggled and you might still be working with them or maybe they've already found peace either way. So um, Lamar, I'm going to pass this over to you. Again, welcome everybody. It really is good to see you. Well, team, thank you so much again for joining. Uh, Christina, thank you for, for that kind of uh, course rules uh, brief. We appreciate it, uh, how we're gonna get in and out of this airport today. And so it's always good for folks to know what the flying rules are and, and how we're going to navigate. So thank you. Hey, uh, so honey, and I don't mean to interrupt. You have such a great and powerful message here, and I'm excited to dive in. But this being church, we have to be honest with each other. Um, team, the reason why I made a mistake and the reason why Lamar and I might seem a little bit off today is we're dealing with a lot right now. A lot has just happened right before we got on here, which is typically how it happens. Um, our oldest son, who has dreamt since he was a little boy to be a pilot, got accepted into Naval Academy, got accepted to fly, um, got accepted to go to um, graduate school to study aviation, just found out now that he inherited my crooked back and scoliosis, and he's not going to be able to do that. So our hearts break for him as he tries to figure out what this next step is for him. And so we could use your prayers. Um, extra prayers and strength um, to, I don't want to say get through this because this is medicine for us. Uh, you guys are family and this is very helpful to be here with you. So we could use your prayers um, and support during this time. And uh, I just wanted to be fully transparent as we're moving forward, um, leading this next hour. Well, thank you team. Some of the comments are already, already coming in and we just appreciate the community so much. Uh, you're our family. Uh, you're our small group. So to speak, and I know there's a whole bunch of us here, um, and, and I get it. You know, we can't be necessarily intimately connected to, to this entire team, but um, we just appreciate you so much. And so, thank you for the kind words. Uh, and so, so, let's move out smartly. We're, we're talking about Good Friday, and I can't do it without scripture. Um, kind of like I can't do a recovery work without scripture. I'm, I'm so thankful that the Conquer series and Warpath and Stronger Together and Legacy and the upcoming happily even after uh, and from the ashes, all based in scripture. Uh, there's really no other basis. And when folks can't subscribe to it or won't subscribe to it, it just makes it really hard in recovery. Uh, I got a sneaky suspicion that's what some of our tough cases are gonna be a little bit later when we go to talk about them. So we're gonna crack open the Bibles today. Um, 
I'm not going to read y'all extensive passages, um, but we are going to talk out of several different passages. So I, I do want to call your attention to Isaiah 53 and the tail end of 52 on top of that. I want to call your attention to 1 John 2 and to James 5. So I don't know how you are with your fingers. I don't know if you've got different bookmarks. I don't know if you've got little paper clips to use for your Bible, or, or maybe they're already just all dog-eared and you know, they're all marked up anyway, and you got the little asterisks all over the place and the, the double underlines and the you know, praise hands or whatever. Um, whatever that looks like for you, amen. But just get those Bibles out, please. Um, so open them up, power them up, turn to the tab, bring up the website, uh, whatever that looks like for you. I mean, listen, NIV, ESV, NLT, NKJV, uh, I, I like to talk about the KCB, the Kids Crayon Bible. There's the TAB, the Teen Action Bible, whatever it looks like for you. I don't think you can miss here because we're talking about God's word. And we'll talk more about interpretations later. Um, but I'm going to be primarily talking out of the ESV just because it's the easiest for me to understand with my North Florida public school education. That's, that's about my limitation. And so uh, I want to go first to... Isaiah 53. I think we start here because it talks about the prophecy behind Good Friday. Um, and really, it kind of anchors around 53.5. Isaiah 53.5, where we get those, those famous uh, terms, um, pierced for our iniquities. Um, pierced for our transgressions, transgressions, I should say, and crushed for our iniquities. And with his wounds, we are healed. And kind of put, putting this in context with Isaiah, what he's talking about is how God the Father is going to allow the Son to really be punished and to take on the sins of the world on him. And we're going to talk very quickly here as we make another transition over into 1 John 2, but really setting the scene for the prophecy behind the crucifixion to include the details um, of his legs not being broken, but the piercing coming in here. Um, and so as you start to craft your questions and you start to think about your questions, you know, be thinking to yourself also as a leader, is this something that I am comfortable talking about with my group? And maybe you don't have a group between now and Sunday. I get it. There's only 48 hours or so. But there is the next session you have for your group. And as you link it back to the cross, as you link it back to Resurrection Sunday, how does that look for you? Are you able to talk your way through this? Have you reviewed the story in a while? Have you talked about the fulfillment of prophecy? Are you familiar with it yet? And so that's what these meetings are for. Trust me, in this group, there are tons more theologically sound people. I'm looking for y'all to weigh in. And if I say something out of line, I'm looking for correction on that. I'm looking for general correction. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking for a public scathing or anything. Um, even though I'm, I'm available for it, you can use that up. That's fine. But um, just understanding what it is that God intended way back with Isaiah. We're talking hundreds of years before Good Friday, where he's already calling us out. Here's what's coming. Here's the great big neon sign pointing to Jesus. And so, Christina, I, I'm really interested in, in what you uh, would have to say with, with your upbringing, your background, um, what is it they used to think about the prophecy? Did you ever even hear about it? Was it something that you talked about? We read, I remember hearing the scripture from Isaiah ever since I was little, but I don't think it registered that it was a prophecy. I, I, I don't think I made the connection between this was, this was written hundreds of years before it actually happened. 
And so when you read things like this and just how much truth and how much was fulfilled um, when Jesus came, it blows my mind. I don't think as a little girl that I ever, ever made that connection, Lamar. I, and, and to this day, it still blows my mind as to how much, how many details uh, were fulfilled uh, by Jesus and the crucifixion. Yeah. Amen. Uh, one of our favorite uh, pastors, and he, he's actually in Legacy, a guy named John Bevere. John Bevere has a tremendous kind of a, a visual representation uh, that he walks people through about all the different prophecies that were fulfilled in, in Jesus Christ. And he, he basically gets you to a point where all of Texas is covered by a whole bunch of quarters about, I don't know, a foot deep. And, and those are the odds. That, that represents the odds of everything happening uh, the way that it did happen with Jesus. And so it, it's certainly not by happenstance. It's certainly not by, by chance. Uh, it really had nothing to do at all with any kind of big bang or any kind of oopsie. Uh, this was definitely planned. This was part of the program. This was not a plan B at all. And so, um, which leads us really straight away into 1 John 2. And this is the good stuff. All right. This is the, the, the fun part for me. And so I want to start a little bit lower in the chapter with 1 John 2.16. Uh, it's one of our favorite terms in the Bible. If you're looking in the ESV, um, it, it's going to appear right there. If you're not in the ESV, I don't know what word they're going to use for the different versions. And so if you can you know, find it in yourself to, to make an exception, uh, if, if, you're, if you're one of the dogmatic folks out there, um, just to take a peek at the ESV and see what the word is, because I think it'll make a little bit more sense if you can just kind of see the word. But in 1 John 2, uh, I think it's in 2, that's where, that's where we'll start. Is the word is propitiation. Okay, so just let that word kind of sit there for a second. Uh, it's a big word. It's got a lot of syllables in it. I had to practice it a long time for this meeting just to make sure I, I said it right. And I might even be able to spell it halfway, at least the first couple syllables. And so propitiation. But the reason we get propitiation is because we have a desperate need. And that's where we'll start. We'll start with our desperate need. And really, it's all about our condition. That's down in verse 16. So take a look at 1 John 2, 16. And it kind of breaks it down for you. Really, the enemy has three tricks. And when I talk about the enemy, I'm talking about Satan. I'm talking about him of the world. And the three tricks are what I consider either to be the progression of sin, okay, the lust of the eyes, that sense that I see something that I really, really want, which usually graduates into lust of the flesh. Um, think about your, your physical manifestations of, of your lust, be it sexual sin, which is, you know, speaks directly to what we're talking about, be it alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, power, um, consuming other humans, and then, and then just using them for your own purposes. Okay, that's less of the flesh. And then really the granddaddy of them all, as we graduate through all that stuff, we just recognize that we justify it through the pride of life. And it, it, it's, forgive me, I'm, I'm, she's probably going to you know, get into me for this, but this is the hardest booger to flick. And so when we talk about that, the pride of life, Okay, that's the one that lays at the end of it all. And it, 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 it truly must be the enemy's favorite sin. And it's the pride of life. Now, all the, all the sins that we talk about through this, and really all the sins that are addressed in the 613 different laws that, that uh, Judea was kind of subject to in the Old Testament, those all fall underneath these three categories. And there's a lot of them that fall in different buckets. 
There's a lot of them that fall in all three. And so pride of life, yet yeah, materialism, absolutely, it could be related to materialism, but pride of life is more related to a sense of, Lord, I have it. I got it from here. You are no longer needed. I can figure this out myself. That's what tr- typically lies at the end of pride of life. And so, but lust of the eyes, that's the covetousness. That is a sense of, man, my life would be a lot better if I had that. Lust of the flesh, again, the physical manifestations. Um, a buddy of mine said, oh yeah, that's the sex, drugs, and rock and roll piece. <laughs> oh, that, that kind of makes sense if you're looking for the little glib statement to roll off your tongue. And then the pride of life. Those are the reasons why we desperately need. That is kind of the, the why behind what Jesus did on the cross. Because without him doing what he did, we all are subject to those three buckets of sin. And anybody that tells you that they don't struggle with any of that stuff, number one, they're the head liar in line. And number two, I don't think they ever really went over to Matthew 6 and 5 and, and, and dabbled in 7 and looked at the Sermon on the Mount where Christ said, listen, I don't care if you've actually never done it. If you've ever even thought about it, you need me. He raised the bar so high that every single one of us needed what he did on the cross. And so, uh, Christina, you know, in, in your upbringing, very similar to mine. I'm, I'm a Southern Baptist uh, by trade, and so I got the uh, three times a week different different uh, board for each service where I hit myself in the head, and then they said, uh, "God is good, you're bad. Try harder. Come back. See you next week." Uh, how did how did you ever understand? How did you come to the place where you were broken and you recognized the cross and what it meant? Ah, uh, that that's a great question. Um, wasn't expecting that. That's um. I think I had a lot of guilt uh, for sin, and I thought I was going to go to hell for my sin. And if I sinned again, then it was it was fear based. Um, and so, it, I'm still struggling with that. I still uh, struggle with the condemnation part of sin and that uh, separating myself from the sin. Uh, in fact, to be honest with you, Lamar, we heard a sermon, and I shared this with a couple of girls actually that are on this call. Uh, when I had a chance to chat with them this week, I, I was really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to navigate this right now because we heard this sermon at church about, it was on Palm Sunday, you're with me, honey, and it was about um, sin and nailing your sin to the cross. And it's a very, very powerful demonstration um, when people go up and they write their sin down, nail it to the cross, you hear the hammers. Um, it's, it's very emotional, very touching. But in the message itself, I really struggled because uh, it was mentioned that you can say um, all my sins and then nail them to the cross. And there's so much truth to to that, that all of our sins are nailed on the cross. He died for everything, our past, future, present sins. He died for all of them. But I don't think we can stop there. And this, this this is the hard part. There's there's a there's a fine line between accepting that all your sins have been washed away and not being able to separate yourself from the sin um, and, and trying to find what that, that medium is. Because if we just live with thinking that, okay, I'm a believer now, so I can just sin again um, because it's already been paid for. Uh, I think that's very, very dangerous. And that's the part that has that um, hurt me because when you look at that cross, and you, you truly picture Jesus shedding his blood for you. 
and the pain that he had to go through and the torture that he endured. I mean, I, I, it brings me to my knees when I think about that. And to be so flippant with sin and say something like, well, it's already been paid for. He's got to forgive me. I'm sorry, but I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. There's a part that you have to repent. You have to turn from your sin. And repenting is not just turning, but it is renewing your mind. It is changing directions. And it is saying, I am not going down that path anymore. I am going to be following after that man that is on the cross who died for my sins. That covered me. And if we belittle the weight of our sin, if we minimize it, I think that's very, very dangerous ground. And so today in particular, I'm just sorry, I get very emotional about this, but I can't stop thinking about what he did on the cross for me and for you, for the ladies I work with, for the men that you work with, honey. There's nothing little about the price he paid for us. There's nothing little about that. And as soon as we start minimizing that, then that's what, we, we're, what we're doing, I, I fear, as a church is minimizing the consequences of our sin, the effects of our sin. Then we start enduring and tolerating other, I mean, just despicable kinds of sin, like child mutilation, um, pedophilia. I mean, that, that stuff scares the hang out of me, but that's the direction we're going if we're just going to be flippant and say, well, well, he died for my sin, so I can just do it again and again, and he has to forgive me. It's very, very dangerous ground to be on. Yeah. So sorry about that, Lamar, but yeah, just a little bit passionate about this. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be sorry. First off, I asked a question, and, and I couldn't have imagined a, a better possible segue as we transition from 1 John 2.16 up to 1 John 2 through 4. Um, so we're back to propitiation. And th this is the part where we kind of break it down and we, and we talk about what that means. And it means that he paid it all, all of it, for everybody, for all time. And while it's easy for that to roll off of our tongues, especially in light of other people, and as we tell other people about how he paid it all for them, a little piece of us says, yeah, but my sin is a little bit different. And we either minimize what he did on the cross by saying it wasn't enough for me, or we minimize what he did on the cross, and you'll find this a little bit later on that passage, two through four, where we take license to abuse what he did on the cross. That cheap grace that says, I, I appreciate what he did, and I thank him for saving my soul, but I'm going to head on right back out and sin. And, and later on down there, just like you mentioned, it does not give us license. As a matter of fact, he says you're a liar. If you profess that, that, that it was enough for you, but, but it doesn't cause you to change, then you're a bunch of liars. And forgive my paraphrasing, but I'm not interested in that. I want to get that, that, that long-term change. And we're going to talk a lot about that as we, as we go over to James here in a minute, in James 5, about the good news that we have as leaders and about the good news that our group members have. Um, and so, truthfully, these difficult conversations that we're going to have a little bit later about how we've, we've all struggled with those folks that are either not interested in recovery or just flat out won't have it. Um, it comes down to a basic rejection of what God desperately wants to do for them. And so I encourage you to take a look at John 2, or 1 John 2, 2 through 4. You can look at propitiation, you know, throw it into your dictionary, uh, throw it into your concordances, 
take a look, look at what the other versions have to say about it. Um, you know, you're going to hear words like paid in full. Uh, you're going to hear how it's related to when, when, when Christ said it is finished and to telestai. Um, it, it's, it's amazing uh, what that meant for us. And when we, whenever we can relate that to somebody who is hurting and get them to understand that the pain is part of what God is trying to do in their life, they can cut that sin train at, at the moment where they currently are. They, they don't have to graduate from lust of the eyes into lust of the flesh, into the pride of life. They don't have to get to a point where they're justifying their sin or worse yet, they're saying, I don't need what he did on the cross because I'm a good enough person. And so let me encourage you in that. So James 5, let's head over to James 5. This is, to me, it's kind of the leader's guide uh, for folks that are working with anybody who has had some pain in their lives, in recovery, recovering from someone else who's in recovery because they got hurt. Um, they're, they're, they're probably nearly sinless compared to the person that hurt them. Uh, that's actually a tougher case. Uh, I, I love telling guys that are leading other guys that have struggled with sexual sin and sexual stronghold that, um, to be honest, that leadership is much easier than the leadership that someone like Christina has to exhibit. And so the ladies that are helping other ladies that have been hurt uh, through this, you've got a much tougher road to hope. You've got a much tougher road because you have to make folks understand through no sin of their own that they've been hurt and that Jesus still wants to change them, still wants to consecrate them. Uh, that's, that's kind of difficult for somebody who may not have made mistakes. That is just an innocent bystander that's been hurt by somebody else. And so, uh, so men and, and ladies, uh, turn on over to James 5. We'll begin with uh, verse 13. And we get some, some very specific guidance here. Um, and I love to apply this to leadership. I love to apply this to recovery groups, really any kind of small group. And it's starting with verse 13, you know, it says anybody who's hurting. And, if, and it gives you a directive, pray. Anybody who is cheerful, sing. Okay. And we go into 14, anybody who is sick and anybody that has ever struggled with sexual sin, sexual stronghold, there, there is a certain level of sickness there. Okay. Listen, I, I, DSM-5, whatever you want to talk about in terms of uh, is it officially diagnosable, folks understand about the sickness and about the craving. And so it says, hey, call the elders, pray, and the elders anoint with oil. Again, very specific, straight stick guidance. As you graduate into 15, it says the prayer of the faithful, it's going to save the sick. It's going to sins are going to be forgiven. This is the cross. This is kind of the leader's guide to working with folks that may or may not have a firm understanding of what the cross actually meant. 16, this is the great double-edged sword that I love to talk about in recovery. When you're confessing one to another, that's, that's when the sword swings one way. And when it swings back the other way, it's sharing one another's burdens, praying for one another. And then he gives us kind of the case study. This is where James harkens back to Elijah. And when you think about what James is talking about here, so, so James is a young Jewish man. He's Jesus's little brother. He knows his audience. And all those folks have really committed most of the Old Testament, at least the notional stories to memory. They know exactly who Elijah is. You know, you're thinking about like top, top five you know, Bible heroes ever. Elijah is definitely one of the five. He's probably in the top two. 
And so they, they would put, kind of put Elijah and Moses up on this pedestal. And so he hearkens all the way to Elijah. He basically calls out one of the goats, one of the greatest of all time. And he says, look back at what Elijah did. How he said he prayed for no rain for three and a half years, then he prayed for rain and it happened. And so that, that's kind of, that, that, that goes back to 13 and 14 about what we're supposed to be doing. And then finally in verse 19, this, this is where the leaders get all the encouragement in the world. And it's talking about folks that have wandered, meaning sinners that are out there. So anybody who's wandered from the truth, whoever brings him back right, will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And if you didn't get the cover of multitude of sins you know, piece there, you would say like, we'll save his soul from death. Are we talking about the wanderer or are we talking about the one that brought him back? And of course, I think Jesus' answer would be a, a deadpan look in your eye. Yes. That's what my brother's talking about. That's what James, my little brother, is talking about. Yes. Both the wanderer and the person to help bring him back. And then we'll cover a multitude of sins. That does not mean that you'll never sin again. It just means that it's covered already. And your natural response to the gospel is to go out, find other people that desperately need Jesus, and to grab those wonders and to bring them back. And so I look at that James 5, 13 through 19, 13 through 20, um, that long piece there is just a beautiful leader's guide for us. It kind of gives us some very specific direction on how to do it. It's really simple, too. It's almost Baptist. In that it, there, there's those three steps, you know, pray, sing, and then call the elders so they can pray and anoint. It's a, it's a very short process. And then here, here's what it does. So none of this has anything to do with legalism or license. This is essentially the bottom of the pendulum, which is that, that stasis point where Christ would have us. So I just want to encourage folks there. It looks like we already have one of our first volunteers here to talk about some of the difficult circumstances we've been through, some of the difficulties that they may have experienced. Um, and so, uh, Christina, if you don't mind uh, here, yeah, just a I'm second. not sure I can share from my end. I'm going to have you look because you're you're as the host. I think you have to let uh, Raymond in. But um, as you're doing that, um, I just want to speak um, to the leaders. So what does this look like for you? That's what we're going to be talking about now. Um, we wanna open up this discussion. So by all means, reach out to me in Q&A if you're comfortable turning on your, your um, uh, camera to be able to participate. But we, we wanna share about the difficult situations. We wanna, you know what, to be honest with you, where we're going with this is how do we address sin as leaders? Are we too soft on it or are we too damning with it? Because I tend to lead or, or tend to lean on being too soft with it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've always thought and taken the approach that I'm going to be graceful. I'm going to give them a large berth, a large space, a safe space to just uh, vent and uh, unplug and just let out all their um, garbage. But in a group setting like that, I have ruined groups by doing that. And that is the big difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. I was being a, peace, a peacekeeper. That's not what, what God calls us to be. He calls us to be a peacemaker, which is very, very, very different. The peacekeeper is the one that just says, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I'm just going to sit back, give you a safe space to just vent, explode, do whatever you need to, as opposed to the peacemaker that says, oh, no, I got to protect this group. And I need to stand firm against this and shut this down because it's toxic. 
um, this woman is spinning venom about her husband, and it's just going to cause a chain reaction in the group, and the group, that's not what we're here to do. So to, it takes courage. It takes courage to be able to step up um, against the sin or to stand firm and say, this is not okay. Or for someone, Lamar, I know a lot of times you have guys that keep relapsing. You know, are we being, and I've worked with the, with the couples too, with the men, and they keep coming back. Oh, I relapsed again. I relapsed again. I relapsed again. Are we being too soft about the sin? Are we being, are, are we, are we just nailing that thing to the cross that just says all my sins, even my future sins are forgiven. So I'm just going to rinse, lather, repeat, come to group and use it as a confession and do it again and again and again, go act out, come back to group, you know, confess that is not the way forward. So what are, are we standing strong against the sin? And that's what I want to talk about with you leaders. And, you know, those difficult cases where maybe you did stand strong against the sin or you didn't have a chance to, or you're looking for how to do it. So let's, let, let's talk about it. So our first, first brave soldier is Raymond. So we'd love to hear from you, Raymond. How are we going? Good. Good to see you. That's good. I've been listening very intently. It's my first time here. I mean, last 12 months I've been building up to this day and the, yes I've got a lot to talk about the, when you just identified with what you were talking about and uh, when you're talking about hard cases uh, I did start out at a very hard case and when I back in um, 2020 I was at church and a guy came and tapped me on the shoulder and he said oh I was told to come and see you and I think you can help me and he said that uh, could you pray for me so I prayed for him and then we sat down and had a chat and that, and then the, his, his whole life started to come out before me. I said, no, this isn't the right place to do it and that. And I said, I've got a, a, a life group that I run for men because I, I, I'm a great uh, um, leader of men with men, have mental health or mental uh, just health issues in, in, in within themselves. And um, so I said to him, come to that. And then I started talking to him more on that. And I said, look, I've just been going through these uh, conquer courses and that, and I've just done a couple of them. And I said, would you, because I hadn't had a group, I said, look, I'd like you to come with me on a one-on-one. -on -one. And he started putting his whole life story. He's gone through, he, he, he's gone through everything. He's gone that child abuse, alcohol, drugs, sex addiction, you name it, he's gone through. He, he, it's, it was a really, really bad case. And, what I and I praise the Lord for it to do is to give me the strength to go along with him because uh, to give it, him the strength also because he, he had this um, no fear of God so, so he continued to sin even start while he's doing the course uh, so I continually pulled him up on it and get him starting again I said no you know, I, I can see I can see where he's heading so I just persevered with him I could see the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. So after about three attempts on the Conquer series, and he, he finally, it's finally started to sink in, and he started to get that uh, at that fear of God, because I believe as your father, you should always have that healthy fear. So he, he had that, and um, then I got him onto the. I said, "Look, do you want to learn more?" Because he was always looking for something. I said, "Come with me. I've just started doing this Warpath series just to uh, get my knowledge and head in." I said, "Come with me," and he did, and. At that time, he, I'll just pull up there. I'll just go back to what I was talking about. When he was doing the conquer series, he, he, uh, he did a misdemeanor and he was charged with a, 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 
a sexual offence. I won't go into it, but he was charged and he had to put one of those ankle bracelets on. This was about three months as he'd been under um, sort of my um, accountability as his accountability partner. So what I did that the, I got him onto all the accountability apps and that helped him a lot. I got him to clean everything out and that, and, and that got rid of a lot of the rubbish and all that. And so what I, when I got him onto the uh, Warpath series, it, it was unbelievable. This just the whole world opened up for him. And there's a lot of things that he, he identified with too is doing proper disclosure. And at the time going through that, as you know, that's a 29 week course, a long time to, he met a, a lovely girl and they started having a relationship, a healthy relationship. And they're both Christians and the, and the path and lead and that, but always turned back to him that what he did with the misdemeanor of a, a sexual offence, that might come back to bite to him. But he never lost his faith in God through these course. And as I say to him, you cannot do all this without Jesus. Yep. So when um, he got to uh, hey, Ray. the end of it, the course, what, what? sorry. Yep, we're, we're we're trying to get to the you know the difficult piece of this. It sounds you know very straight stick already. Yeah, the difficult piece was the bit was getting to uh, accept uh, God as a uh, as someone to uh, have a fear of it. That's why he kept re, re, um kept on uh, repeating himself in sexual offence. He, I'll just give a, a bright update to it now. He has had his court case. He has gone to uh, to uh, to jail. He, he is going to go up to parole. I'm looking after him at the moment, trying to uh, get things right for that. Um, and he is. Uh, and what I'm getting to is, I didn't give up on him. And the hard bit is is finding these men and how to get him. What I'm starting over here in Australia, in Brisbane, with my church group, is starting up groups of men, life groups, to identify with. In my life group, they've said they've never seen anything like it. They said they identify with it. And they, and they say they feel safe there because everything's brought to the table and they keep coming back. And through that, I've had five my members on my life group that have done the course with me. So. Amen. Yeah. So, But that he was a hard case. And the thing about it was getting that healthy feel of God. Once I got it, everything opened up to him. So, Absolutely. Well, well thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us, Ray. And it, it, these hard cases, I think, are so important to discuss. Um, yeah. I, I think that we, we need to make sure that we do this with love. We lead with love. And, and, and it really kind of it reminds me of something that, that Micah just said here in some of the chats. So if you need to scroll back up to your chat and take a look at you know, how we do this with love, we recognize that that big L love that he gives us that we can't do for ourselves, that we, we can't love people correctly without him, it leads us to his big T truth. And the way that we love people is with his truth. We don't do it damningly. We don't condemn people. Uh, we don't uh, you know, grab them by the hair and drag them through the mud until they see the light. That, 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 that's not a, a, a tried and true method. Um, we do love them and we do offer the truth to them over and over again. And so when you gave that young man that, that fear of God, I think that you did him probably the greatest service you possibly could. And when you had him realize that, exactly in first john 2 2 through 4 where it talks about if you profess me but you still don't make any changes you're, you're, you're like a liar um and i want to so, thank raymond for sharing i think that it's beautiful that he stuck by him because it's easy to give up on cases like that 
when people do continue to relapse, do continue to spiral, it's easy to just wash your hands clean. And Raymond, God gave you the endurance to stay beside this man. Um, and I think that is absolutely beautiful. But what God speaks to Raymond might be different than what he speaks to your individual um, uh, tough cases. Um, God might be telling you that this is beyond your expertise or that it's all too consuming. Um, I've many times have taken on cases where there's a lot of codependence and they're calling all the time. And what all they're doing is they're replacing their husband that was their Lord with me as their Lord. And it took many, many times of me actually feeding into that codependency and thinking I'm helping this woman. I'm, I'm doing something good by by being beside her all the time and picking up the phone and taking all her texts. And it drained me, it put a strain on us. And I don't think that's what the Lord intended our ministry to do. If, if, if something is happening, that's causing a friction between Lamar and I, that's the first sign that, whoa, maybe it's too much. Maybe we need some more help. Maybe we need to be doing something different. So Raymond, I just applaud you for having that strength and staying beside him. Lamar, if you don't mind, we have Jill um, that's willing to share something that I think would um, would help as well. So if you don't mind enabling her camera, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. And and folks, I, I don't know if you guys uh, are, are, are track or not, but Ray came to us today from Brisbane, Australia. And if my math is right, it's probably about two or three in the morning there. Thank you, Ray, for being there. So That's fantastic. I, and the first just, to raise your hand and participate. That was amazing. And again, if you want to participate, I can't see the hands or acknowledge the hands, but you can send me something in the Q&A. And that way I can let Lamar know to turn on the mic. That's what Jill did. She messaged me in the Q&A and then I was able to let Lamar know. So that's how we'll do it the next few minutes. So Jill, welcome. It is, it is so good. Uh, that you're here again. Thank you so much. Uh, Jill's been just such an incredible contributor already. Uh, and we, we look to, um, for her to, to do even more great stuff here with Soul Refiner. So good to have you, Jill. Well, okay. Well, thank you. Um, so I, I wasn't going to necessarily say anything because I haven't uh, led a Conquer Series group yet, but the Lord put me in touch with a girl who's been on the waiting list for the Conquer series and gave me the opportunity to do some biblical counseling with her. Cause that's something I'm going through at this time of biblical counseling. And so we were able to meet a couple of times and the biggest thing through the biblical counseling with any problem we have are recognizing sin and the steps of repentance. And so when I was working and we've met about five times, um, and I took her through the steps of repentance. She has the, a struggle herself with pornography, which is my background. And so I led her through the steps of repentance, which are, Lord, I'm wrong. I am so sorry. Forgive me. A lot of times we stop there. I have stopped there before, but we need to go on with cleanse me and then Holy Spirit empower me. So I took her through this process and she was all in. And so week after week, she kept telling me, I haven't looked at pornography all week. And I'm like, that's amazing. And then at one of the last meetings, she said that again. And I felt myself saying this. And Christina, this goes to where sometimes we can not be lax on sin, but almost give them an out. And I heard myself saying this. Now, I want you to understand that, I mean, you may, you know, in the future, and I was about to say, you may struggle, you may stumble. And that is possibly true. 
But I needed to shut my mouth at that point because she had asked the Holy Spirit to empower her. Who was I in my flesh to almost give her an out? And so our very last week, I, the Lord just convicted me. You apologize to her for that. You strengthen her in what she did. Um, so that's, that's, was for me a huge lesson. I don't know why I started to do that. Probably hundred percent my flesh. Um, but we cannot discount the power of true repentance where we've asked God not only to forgive us, but cleanse us and then empower us to walk free. Why in the world would we need an out from that? So anyway, just that was just a little um, that was a lesson for me. Um, and I think she, I think it passed over her head. She was like, oh, I don't really remember that. I'm like, good. You know, so I think that was a 100 percent lesson for me. So um, I struggle kind of like you do with just not passing sin off as okay by any means, but almost being so sympathetic. Oh, I empathize. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get you would stumble. No, not when you've asked the Holy Spirit to help you. So anyway, that was just what I wanted to share. Jill, thank you. I, I do love that. And, and it's something I think as leaders, we need to be cognizant of. Um, and, and again, it's finding that balance. And I believe the, the Holy Spirit will convict each one of us as to um, what that looks like case by case. Um, and so for you to be able to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to give you an out by giving this, where maybe in another situation, um, they they might need that. I mean, you just don't know. Um, and and it, it is very individualized. And I, I know women struggle uh, when I work with them, the ones that have been betrayed, uh, they worry when we get to the part about handling relapse. What, what What do you mean relapse? He can't do this again. We can't talk about relapse. I don't, la, 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 la. That's never going to happen because I'm never going to enable it. He is so far out the door. He, I get that. And, and I understand that, you know, you're putting up your boundaries and, and that is very important. But the message of relapse is that our husbands need to, all of us need to have this posture that we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And as long as we have that posture and that humility, uh, then there's hope. But as soon as we start getting confident in our own ability and we forget what you just said, that we've been washed clean, that we are empowered by the Holy spirit. And instead we surrender that power of the Holy spirit and we take our own. And we're just like, by my own merit, I'm going to do this. Um, then we're walking on dangerous, dangerous territory. And we need to educate our, our, our men and women about this, uh, whether it's the women that have the, the, um, the, the problems with sexual sin or the men or which it, it doesn't matter. All, all of us need to be um, cognizant about this. So Jill, thank you so much. Mar, did you have anything you wanted to add about it? Yeah, I, I love you know, the fact that you said the word repentance and um, I'm a big visual type person and I, and I kind of relate things to either athletics or military or some amalgamation therein. And so when I think about repentance, I think about changing the direction of my shoulders because the first thing I'm going to do with repentance is, is kind of do it with my mouth and then kind of turn my head and say, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to go that way now. And I never change the direction of my shoulders. I got to change my shoulders, which means I'm changing my hip direction, which means that I'm changing my, my entire essence of being which way I'm going. It's not just a neck grab. It's not just where I just kind of lean my head over there like, yeah, that's a, that's a way I should probably go while I still keep moving the same old direction. And so I love to think of repentance in terms of a whole body movement where I'm, I'm moving my feet 
and I'm moving my hips and my shoulders and I'm, I'm, I'm physically changing my entire direction, my whole essence. And so I, I, when you brought that up, it just kind of sang to me, but like, that's exactly where we miss, you know, we, we, we kind of drop the ball a little bit and asking for forgiveness. And we really drop the ball in true repentance, which means changing direction. So. Yeah. And, I, and of course I can't go without saying the whole brain thing. I just love, love, love studying the brain. Jill, you and I are going to be talking a lot about this the more you and I do as well. Uh, uh, this is biblical. You know, when, when Paul tells us to renew our minds, that is part of the repenting process he's telling us to renew our minds because we all have sin and there's things that we need to renew. And the reason why we have to renew our minds is because we've created these pathways when we have chosen to go down this path of sin. And I'm not just saying sexual sin. I'm saying unforgiveness. I mean, if you can't forgive your spouse or, or your loved one that has hurt you, that builds up neurotoxicity and pathways in the brain too. And so the whole repenting process, it's turning away and it's creating something new in the mind too. So it's a two-part. It's not just fleeing from what you're not supposed to be doing. It's chasing after and doing what you are supposed to be doing. So what does it look like? What are you replacing that sin with? Um, how are you creating new neuropathways? Are you studying the scripture? Are you reading the word? Are you spending time with God? Um, garbage in, garbage out. So we got to, if we want to cleanse, um, we got to put something healthy in. So um, huge advocate for that. And the repenting process, it's it's rewiring the brain as well. Very good. Yeah. There, there was one thing that we, we have a choice every morning to walk in the flesh or walk mm -hmm. in the spirit as believers. And I can find myself sometimes going, okay, I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm not going to walk in the flesh, but all I'm doing is focusing on the flesh. But every morning, if we wake up and say, Lord, I'm going to walk in the spirit and do everything to honor you. I'm going to walk in the spirit and honor you with everything. My mind is on what I where I want to go, kind of like the shoulders thing. My yeah. mind's where I want to go. And uh, that's been helpful for me. And, and people kind of resonate with that. We do have that ability. Uh, we have the choice where where and how we walk and what we listen to. So, oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how, how much I struggle with. OK, today I'm not going to think about, the, you know, Lamar's past infidelity. I'm not going to think about his past cheating or his affair partners. I'm not going to be you know, thinking about porn. All I'm doing is thinking about those things that I'm saying I'm not going to be thinking about as I say it over and over again, as opposed to saying I am going to love my husband today. I'm going to honor my husband today. I'm going to take delight in, in the man that he is becoming today. Uh, it is. It is a completely different change in your thinking. Um, and it's extremely powerful and essential in recovery. It's a great, great lesson you can give your, um, your people leaders. It's a fantastic lesson. It's a mindset. And, right. and your mind will follow what your lips are saying. So... Um, sitting here saying, I'm not going to look at porn. I'm not going to look at porn. I'm not going to look at porn. All you're thinking about is porn, 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 porn. Right, right, right. So it, it, it's, <laughs> I'm going to be in the word. I'm going to have my eyes on the cross. I'm going to have my eyes on the beautiful bride that my, my, my Lord gave me. I'm going to study her. I'm going to be a student of her. Um, mm -hmm. that, that is the, the way to rewire the brain and to change directions as you repent. Yeah, love this. I could talk about this all day. I get really excited. <laughs> Man, so, yet we only play defense for so long. We have to play offense. We, we have to change those shoulders. We got to turn, turn that way. We got to face Jesus and head that direction. And then mm -hmm. I, I think that we start getting streamlined at some point. We start getting so fast sucked in by his incredible tractor beam. Sorry for all the sci-fi terminology. 
but it, it just it, it prevents anything else from even being able to get into our windscreen and we just get so laser focused on jesus that that's the other stuff it, it grows strangely dim so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right um, we have we have another question coming up thank you jill uh question coming up from jill. thomas this will be our last one We are promoting Thomas to a panelist now. Uh, he should be coming up on the screen here shortly. Hi. Hi, Thomas. Hi to both of you. Great podcast or webinar, I mean. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let me cut to the chase here because I know time is precious. So I've been involved with leadership and purity for seven years with a friend. We have a group on Monday night. We have 65 guys. We have about 25 to 30 on Thursday nights. We use, we have a threefold approach, um, in a, a three-step approach. Guys can come at any time after we do an intake and literally join uh, that night or is, you know, either the Monday or the Thursday. And after we have enough guys, um, roughly around 18 to 20, in transition group coming from the outside, kind of like a mash unit. We then um, put those guys through the conquer series and then they go through the seven uh, pillars of pure freedom with, you know, the Ted Roberts material. What I want, what I'd like you to address uh, and I want to answer questions if I'm not clear, we, there's one women's group on Thursday nights. They're only set up to start a group in the fall. And then when they complete it in the spring, any woman, any wife of any of our guys that wants to join has to wait till that following September or October. That's just there. There's not as many women in leadership as we have guys running our small groups. So here's the point we have in Minnesota. We have like two schools of thought among counselors. So we get we get a lot of people, men coming through their counselors. Say, I want to counsel you and your wife. But, but to the man, you got to get in a men's group. And so I, I don't know why this is God's work. We don't recruit anybody, but we, I think we're at the top of the list with a lot of the counselors in the metropolitan area. So my point is the women need more leadership. And the other thing that's really common is, and we never put any blame on the women for a uh, guy's sexual brokenness or sexual sin. That's 100% on the guy. And, um, we uh, find, I have, I think I could name a dozen men right now easily that their years, there's several years, we have a lot of guys repeat the next year over and over. Um, and the wife may or may not have forgiven, but refuses to forget and is living in deep seated, both betrayal, which is legitimate, but the resentment and the threats for divorce and so what's the net result of many counselors? Many counselors say, hey, you need a separation for six to nine months. And we believe, the guy that I lead with, and we've, we've talked to Nick Stumble about this face-to-face uh, -to, -face to do a podcast on what's the, what is really the recommendation about separation? Should it be in the house or outside the house? And I'm telling you, we do not support outside the home unless the guy is physically battering or really, really mean-spirited to the wife, we think they should stay in the house. But I'm just, last comment, and I'll say, and then I want, I want to hear what you say about this, is I, I think there is a spirit 
of such resentment with the women that is so long lasting. And I'm not minimizing, I would never minimize their pain ever. And at the same time, at some point, the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, bids the men to repent and it bids the women to not just forgive, but to move and seek God's help, the strength of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to move towards restoration. I'm going to stop, but I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, goodness. This is, <laughs> do you mind, Lamar, <laughs> if I go? <laughs> Thomas, I love, thank you so much for sharing what you are doing in your ministry and in your church. Um, this is my passion, helping the women, and I cannot agree with you more on many of the things that you said. Uh, yes, I we do subscribe to it's really hard to work on the fractured us if you're not living in the same house. Um, it's one thing to have an in-house separation, but when you are out of the house and living two totally different lives, you, I mean, you're pretty much, that is the next step to divorce. You're pretty much just testing the water. Um, and I think that's very, learning to live alone is what you're, you're learning, learning to do. You're exactly right. And the temptation grows for both the man and the woman, the distance grows. It, there's no um, chance to work on reconciliation and, and building the fractured us, building intimacy. It's really hard to rebuild intimacy if you're sleeping in two different houses. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I also subscribe, though, to if there's abuse. Um, if if the woman feels like there's there's danger, um, if the man continues to keep acting out, let's say that he has promised to be in recovery and he does it and then he keeps having those affairs and keeps doing those dangerous sins. And, sh and she puts up a boundary saying, OK, you're not acting out. I'm to the point now where if I keep forgiving you. I'm enabling the sin. I need uh, the next step. We've tried in house. We've tried the counseling. You're, you're not getting it. I need to protect this house. And if you don't go, I need to go. There have been cases like that where um, I do support that they there needs to be um, a, a trial separation if the man is still being dangerous in his sin. Um, in regards to the women and the recovery, they're experiencing trauma. They're experiencing trail trauma, which does the exact same thing to their brain that the sexual sin to the husband's brain. It rewires it changes everything. So the trauma, the neurotoxicity that builds up, the plaques that build up in the man's brain, the neurofibrillary tangles, um, they are also seen in a woman's brain six months to a year post um, post disclosure or discovery um, when she hasn't forgiven, when she is ruminating and thinking about the evil and the darkness and the sin and 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 holding. I mean, just just cannot let go of it. She becomes sick too. And what that does is you, you guys know what this does. It shuts down the frontal lobe. So the, the reasoning, the processing, the reasoning is shut down. She's working from the limbic brain, the lower brain. So everything is emotional and heightened. And she's living out of a place of fear as, as, as opposed to a place of freedom. And that's not okay. And she's going to get sicker and sicker emotionally, physically, spiritually. It will kill her. It will absolutely kill her. And we are aware of this. And that's why we are making from the ashes for the women, uh, because their healing is just this journey is not just for the men. It is for the women, too. There's three journeys here. It's his, hers, and then the us. And all three of those need to be addressed. And if they're not, then we will not get that relationship um, that um, not just restoration. We don't want to go back to what it was. We want something transformed. 
We want something completely new and you will not see that unless those three elements of healing happen. So you are right in feeling that there's a need there, that that hold and that net does need to be addressed. I would like to talk more about you one-on-one and how we can get this started now with your women as we um, bridge that gap between now and when From the Ashes comes out. So if you don't mind, uh, let's let's connect with Lamar. The three of us can chat some more later, okay? That's- Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, that, thank you, Thomas. And uh, none of us ever would have guessed you were from Minnesota. So <laughs> that, that, that's incredible. I, I can't wait to see your thawing process. I know you're, you're starting to get into the first vestiges of spring there. I think that Puxatawney Phil is well behind you at this point. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, you, you should Christina, be seeing a great to... answer. I really appreciate your comments. Oh, <laughs> good. I hope it helps some. It does. Thank you. Thanks uh-huh. very much. Yeah, God bless. Okay, I'll check out now. You can go to the next people. (laughs) No, Actually, Thomas, you're it. And and what I want to do is I want to really call out to the guys here. Men that are in recovery. You turned your speaker off. We can't hear you. I think you went mute. Yeah, for some reason I went mute. Okay, there you go. And I'm not in the same room, so it wasn't me putting a hand over your mouth. Y'all, my hands are right here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was it was totally me so no, but i just wanted to encourage what you what you said thomas in terms of um having these ladies get the healing they, they so richly need i mean i i love to go through the analogy of you've been hit by a drunk driver the drunk driver cannot do the physical rehab for you hmm. um and so for the ladies that have been hurt by guys that that were in sexual sin and stronghold um eventually they will need to recover and so uh, a couple of questions came up along the way here. I'll go ahead and answer those before we go into a closing uh, kind of ritual. But um, th- there is a recording of this that will be placed on the Soul Refiner Facebook site. We also put this on Amazon Music. We put it on Spotify. Um, we try to put it on YouTube. Uh, sometimes we get pushed off. And so um, just hang in there for that. Um, I also see some of the questions about why can't we buy the series individually, not buy the subscription. Um, The subscription, the premium license covers you uh, for as many classes and as many people as you want to lead through whichever series you want to lead. The people that you invite can only, they can just go through the one class, provided that's what you want to give them. Um, So the one premium license is kind of like the whole hub for what it is that you'd be trying to do for a small group. If you're a single person that wants to go through, hey, take a look at that monthly piece where you can you know, access it all on demand, any class, anytime you want. That's the premium license as well. So um, the licensing is set up really to be uh, maximized as you lead multiple groups and multiple people through those groups. It's a fantastic value when you consider what folks are able to get through some of those teachings. And so let's connect on that one, uh, Shannon. Uh, you, you can reach out to, to my wife if, if you're a female Shannon. If you're a male Shannon, um, reach out to me. Um, it's christina.d at Soul Refiner and lamar.d at Soul Refiner. Maybe if you don't mind putting that into the chat just so people can reference it. it. They don't have to worry about the spellings and everything. We'll just put it right in there. And, so, and then the other question that I saw that came up in the chat, and forgive me if I didn't get to your questions, uh, throughout this process was, are we committing to a From the Ashes release? Um, I don't know if you've ever been remotely involved with the film world. Uh, I will let you know what we're trying to do is get From the Ashes studies out before the film. And so 
we have uh, every great intention of getting those studies out ASAP. Um, we have people right now in other rooms in this very building that are going through the different weeks of From the Ashes. And so I, I'll encourage you all through that. What you may see before that would be a Hurt Ladies Guide to Conquer. Um, you also may see a female version of Conquer because we are starting to see just an outpouring of women across the nation, across the world that are saying, I struggle with sexual sin as well. And I need a, a ladies version of Conquer. And so um, stand by, stay tuned. If you even if you have to go ahead and suspend your your uh, your subscription, stay tuned, stand by, um, because it, it's right around the corner. So I'll encourage you all in that. Um, and then finally, uh, Thomas, thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, for all the men out there that heard what Thomas had to say, I want to echo something that he he was vehement about. Ladies, it is not your fault. Men, armed with the knowledge that your woman will eventually need healing, that is not for you to beat her about the head and shoulders with. That is for someone like, like my Christina that's been through the yuck, that came through the other side. That's for her to say to them, I think it's about time. And so if you're using that as some kind of argument standpoint, we're still stuck back in the third grade mentality that you always have to be right. And so you want to be right or do you want to be in a loving, godly marriage? And so let me encourage you in that. That is not for you to beat your woman about the head and shoulders with. That, that information that she will need recovery. The best chance she has at recovery is seeing a changed you, men, and a loving you. Someone that's able to love them with big L love the way Christ loved you. And so I just want to encourage everybody in that. Christina, do you have any parting shots, parting intel before we walk out? No, I just want to thank everyone, uh, Thomas and all the other people that stepped up and, and uh, shared and were panelists with us. I know it was a little bit different of a structure uh, in a field, but thank you guys for just going with it and having a bit, uh, good Friday. I just really appreciate this time spending with y'all. Honey, I really just treasure the message that you share. I, I think it's beautiful that we are taking this time to um, give credit and, and attention and honor um, to the cross. Um, and I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us in, in doing that today. And I look forward to seeing you next month. Uh, next week, next Friday, we have the mission brief for the men and we have the sanctuary for the women. And you know what? We, we need to keep these conversations going. There's a lot of questions out there about Christian sexuality. And we're going to be opening up and talking not just about porn and masturbation and infidelity, but there's a, just a, there's gender identity issues. There's um, things going on with children. Uh, there's all sorts of just brokenness in regards to Christian sexuality in this world. And we need a safe place to be able to talk about it. So we're going to be opening up those tough conversations. So come join us. We could use your support and help with this. And we look forward to seeing you then. So, sweetie, would you like to close us out in prayer? Oh, sweetie, I think you're muted again. <laughs> yep. Before, before I close in prayer, I think we have uh, just uh, a 10 second blurb from Thomas. Oh, okay, not, good. Not just because it's Easter, but I frequently encourage men to consider the wrath that Jesus absorbed on the cross. And if we're to follow Jesus as men in this period of healing for your wife, without getting defensive, absorb her anger, absorb her pain. Just do what Jesus did, absorb it without getting defensive. You'll, she, will, she will begin to learn uh, the love of Christ 
by you taking a different approach. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you so, so much. Thomas. Thank you. That was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for your contribution today, Thomas. Thank you, uh, Jill, as well. Um, thank you, Ray, from, uh, from Australia at 2 a.m. in the morning as well. I mean, I'm just blown away. So, Lord, thank you for this team. God, thank you for these folks. Thank you for the, the, the faithfulness. Um, and Lord, not, not to th this meeting or anything at all that has to do with, with Soul Refiner, but thank you for their faithfulness to the folks um, with which they walk alongside and how they just outpoured themselves, outpour you, uh, what you gave to them. Uh, they could never give that to somebody else uh, unless you first reach into their hearts and change them. And so God, we point everything back to you and that cross. And whenever we lay things there, we pray that we don't try and just take it back later on and smuggle it away from the cross. We want to leave it there and, and make it a daily commitment to putting it all at your feet and leaving it there with you. That's what you want for us, Lord. And so we focus on you, God. Your whole name we pray. Amen. 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 And honey, I was unable to um, get our emails up. I could only share it with our panelists. So again, it's Lamar, L-A-M-A-R dot D at soulrefiner.com if you need to reach Lamar. And if you need to reach me, it's Christina, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot D at soulrefiner.com. And that's the way we operate. Women reach out to me, men reach out to Lamar, or you can reach out to the both of us together. If men, you have a question for me, or if women, you have a question to Lamar, just tag me in the discussion. So that's perfect. Love you guys. Happy Easter. God bless.